Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 48. My name's John Maloney and I'm here as always with my pod brother, Alexander Holland. We welcome you and we give you thanks for your continued patronage. Is that, (laughs) I vaguely remember that phrase from church. Yeah, that's giving me, as soon as you said... Well, hang on, what did you just say there? We welcome you and we give you thanks. Honestly, as soon as you said we welcome you, yeah. I was back in school, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the church. Yeah, back in the bosom of the mother church. Episode number 48, and it reminds me of John's favourite film, 1990 buddy comedy, Another 48 Hours with Nick oh, Nolte yeah. and Eddie Murphy. That is my favourite. I mean, I'm a... I'm Your favourite genre. I'm a bu- I'm buddy a, comedy. It is, yeah. Normally, I'm a Boosie man, Gary Boosie, as opposed to <laughs> Nick Nolte. I see them as two versions of the same thing, but um, but I like that. I like uh, I like the hard boiled Nolts in Forty Eight Hours and another Forty Eight Hours. The genre or the trope of the cop who does things by the book, yeah, and the renegade, the renegade rookie. It's, mm. Cause I'm think I'm thinking Point Break. I'm thinking Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I'm thinking sure. McGarnacle from The Simpsons. <laughs> McGarnacle from The Simpsons. I'm thinking about all of those buddy comedies where there's a one young cop making a lot of trouble, but he's getting results. Tell you something else, Foley. You're on the next plane back to Detroit. Well, I'll tell you something else, Foley. <laughs> Why don't we go out there and get these guys? <laughs> that's my Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah. That's good. You love Gary Busey. You've just reminded me that you came up with a, a thing that we used to do mm-hmm. a lot, which we still do on occasion, is try and come up with um, punny, na- punny names for celebrity mm. bio- biographies. If any, I mean the classic. Just to explain <laughs> this to anybody, it, they would do it in in um in newspaper articles as thing uh, as well. So for the classic is always any journalist that writes an article about Tom Cruise, the article is always titled Cruise Control. Yeah, of course. And it tends to be the same kind of thing that would happen with with biographies. And so you just take a celebrity's <laughs> name and Busey. you just say, oh, I think this is what their biography would be would be called. Busey Fruit. Um Pusey, do you remember what? Do you remember what the one you said was, which was always my favourite? You um, said, "I don't think I do." You said Gary Busey's autobiography is called "Truth Is Busey," <laughs> which I think of all the ones we'd ever done was the best. <laughs> Truth is Busey. Yeah, he's an interesting fella. We'll get him on the show one of these days. For sure. Yeah, you could definitely get. I think he's probably not. How much is he on cameo? Let's get him. Oh, on here. it wouldn't be much. He'd be pretty affordable, I think. Hey guys, don't praise don't praise the machine. He's very, he's very volatile. He is personal use. I don't know what this is in Australian dollars. He's three hundred and fifty euro. Okay, well worth it. <laughs> that's it. That seems quite steep. But twenty four hour delivery. Wow. 
for those times when you really need a cameo and you need it now. <laughs> hey, Gary. Uh, look, ideally, I'd get this yesterday, so ASAP, if you would, please. He's part of the, if you have the special Cameo Prime account, you pay a little extra each month, then you'd get your Cameo delivered, same-day delivery. I, I think I might have used that service when I was going through my much um, maligned Cameo addiction in the early days of the show, because uh, there are those times when you just think, I really need to be validated by a poorly known celebrity whose career has tanked. He, I need Tom. I need Tom Arnold's advice now. <laughs> he, I mean, this is pretty funny. He appears. So I've looked him up on. I've looked him up on Cameo. Yeah, and you know, Ca- Cameo gives you little uh, samples of the latest cameos that the celebrity has done. Yeah. And the abuse man, he's playing acoustic guitar in his latest cameo. And then behind him on a bookshelf appears to be his auto, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven copies of his actual autobiography, I assume <laughs> it is, called, called, called Buseyisms. Ah, and God, he missed a trick. So he's, um, yeah, well, we could get in touch with him and let him know. Next, yeah. the sequel. Do a re-release. Uh, Gary should be called Truth is Busey. Mm. He's, he's four and a half grand in um, euros for a, bus- for a business oh, yeah. cameo shout out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if I you've mean, got, you got your latest NFT project, it's going to cost you 4,400 4, euro to get the Buse man to spruik your NFT yeah, I think though if you did the maths in terms of the concomitant rise in your income, it would more than work out. <laughs> It'd be a chart. Here's where Busey endorsed our product and here's the sales in the quarter yeah. that followed. Best ever. <laughs> one of one of the reviews on his cameo says, she absolutely loved it, five stars. It was very emotional but so freaking worth the tears. Gary, you did an amazing job and made her very happy. Who's who's crying at a Gary Busey cameo? <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh man, what what is Gary Busey? He's probably just gone. You're a fucking loser. <laughs> he's he's just started threatening them. He had an emotional breakdown during the cameo. Yeah, that's actually not unlikely. <laughs> Yeah, she. There were tears of compassion. I heard a funny thing that um that yeah, lots of people who are doing these twit these twit um these TikTok live streams are like begging their audience to send them gifts like like um wow you go on a you go on a TikTok live stream yeah and the person the person who might be the latest memeing internet celebrity will just be like send us send us more roses send us more and it's just it's just kids on TikTok so the kids are just like okay uh, I will and um wow. I think a galaxy is is worth a lot of money so the people on TikTok are just going send us more yo send us more galaxies we need to get to a million points and then kids just send all their parents' money into the metaverse. Wow. And send the Mima a galaxy. Oh, God. What a life. 
Oh, what a lie. It's just one of many things that makes me want to go either back or forward in time. Yeah. What's your, where are you going back? What was your best year? Mm. This episode of Don't Praise a Machine is called Take Me Back. Take Me Back, yeah. I'd go back probably to the 70s. I think a lot of my... Oh, okay, so you're... So I was I was asking about an actual year that you'd experience, but you're not happy with any of those. Nah, I'd skip over all that. <laughs> skip over all that. <laughs> but the seventies, the seventies, where in North Carlton, or maybe 1982, I'd pick because I was alive for about what 18 days, 19 days of that year, and and that's what you. Do you want to be? Do you want to be a baby, but with your current consciousness? Just want to be brand new again. So much potential, <laughs> but with all the wis- with all the wisdom and knowledge that you have now. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe just again. I'll just have it over again, clean slate. I reckon go back into the body of a baby and <laughs> start just start talking and walking around and complaining <laughs> at, at a day old. Yeah, and then be. Sent like the golden child, I'd be recognised as the as a reincarnation of some spiritual <laughs> figure. True. <laughs> uh, but yes, I would choose. No, where would I go back to? I don't know. Like d- to be honest, I'm not prepared. Getting close. Not prepared yet to admit that my best years are behind me, and therefore that I need to go back to a particular era. I think the present always has a good, has a lure of possibility. But I did enjoy my first few years of uni because I was like, okay, because year twelve was very difficult. And then suddenly I was had I had like twelve contact hours a week. I was meeting new people. I was not working very hard. I wasn't really expected to work very hard. Like basically, all I had to do was do reasonably well in an arts degree, which is pretty manageable. And uh, yep. The world was my oyster. But then, I don't know, I had all these, like I f- was probably terrible at talking to girls and had confidence problems and uncertainty about the future. So if I could go back now with <clears throat> with my swagger and self-assuredness, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. What about- G'day, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> G'day, ladies. What a beautiful sunny day it is here in 2002. (laughs) G'day, ladies. I'm having a beautiful sunny day here in 2002. I mean, I I think, I can't remember if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but I always remember the time when you basically forced us to remember a particular moment. And we must have been in our early to mid-20s and... We were up at a friend's house in the Adelaide, beautiful Adelaide Hills, and it was a lovely evening, mm. and the clouds were whipping over. And you said, "Do uh, just force this into your memory." And as a result, I have. And it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> and then it might have been that same, that same night. You and we sort of stayed up all night, just fart assing around, and probably you know, getting drunk and other things. And then, and then it. Sort of when the sun was coming up, you said, imagine that you're in your like, I don't know, must have been like early 40s and you've got all these responsibilities and you've got, you know, you've got to like put food on the table and your job's really high stress and whatever. And you think, I just want to go back for one night 
you know, I just want to experience yeah. the carefreeness of being 19 again. And then suddenly you get transported back to this. And it did. <laughs> and it was a great, it was a very insightful little psychological yeah. exercise because I was like, yeah, this is great. Like I don't have anything serious to worry about. And uh, and I'm young and I'm, you know, I've been staying up all night just like laughing and goofing around being an idiot. And yeah, as, similarly, as a result, I still remember that evening and I'm now pretty much like maybe I'm 18 months away from that time in my life that you that you depicted in that hypothetical. So it's the right time to start craving it. What I didn't count on is that I would basically be taking a break from work at this time and probably not as encumbered with adult responsibilities as I would have predicted uh, and, you know, not much more evolved as an adult so that I kind of still feel like if I wanted to I could stay up all night, uh, which is good, I guess. You can still stay up all night at Anjay's house. Yeah, unfortunately that house has been sold. Otherwise, you could just go to somebody else's house in the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, without you could just, you could find a house that was unoccupied <laughs> and hop hop the fence and light a bonfire. A lot of those houses didn't on his street didn't have fences, so maybe I'll just go out there and just uh, walk into somebody's backyard and, light a, <laughs> and just light a light a fire and smoke a joint. <laughs> I'm just I'm just remembering, okay. Don't, don't put the phone down. There's no need for that. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Mate, what are you doing? <laughs> Just let me go back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Just let me stay back for an hour. <laughs> Come. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> Come on, but mate. I've called the police. I've called. Come I've on, called mate. the coppers. You've gone. Oh, this is private love, property. I think. I think another one of them's escaped from the hospital again. <laughs> mate, 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 just sit down. I'll bring you a glass of water. <laughs> I just want to be back. <laughs> so it's been a little while since we've had a Dutchie's hot tip, yeah. John. Too long. And so I wanted to bring that back. And I thought maybe the first thing we could do is we could actually record and show the process of everybody to everybody of recording the little sting, the little bumper mm. to introduce it. Because I'll make one. Dip, 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 I'll dip, make dip, dip, one dip. for du- Dutchie's Hot Tips. Uh, but I'll get you yeah. to help me by – what I'll get you to do is to help me by recording – the little phrases that I'm then gonna that I'm then gonna gel together. Yeah. So the idea being that just very quickly, you're gonna be a person who needs advice, you're struggling. Yeah. And then uh and then <laughs> that's how we're gonna introduce it. So I've just got a few phrases that I need you to say. Yeah. And then and then I'll piece them together at the end. So uh can can you say I'm I'm lost. I'm lost. Okay, good. And then you have to go, what can I do? What can I do? And then you can go, I need help. I need help. And then you go, does anyone have any tips? <laughs> does anyone have any tips? Great. And then you go, please, I need advice. 
Please, I need advice. And then, and then you just go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then my idea is that I'll then go, da, 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 cheese, hot tips. And then as a little sort of little sort of fade out bit, then you go, oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? So then you, okay. so then I need you to say, oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? There we go. Beautiful. So what I'm going to do now is chop all that up. Yeah, okay. I'm going to make, th- I'm, and I'm going to make this. I'm, 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 I'm lost. What can I do? I need help. Does anyone have any tips? Please, I need advice. Ah, what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Another one of Dutchie's hot tips. And where would you be, don't praises, mm. without these hot <clears> tips? <throat> Reach out hygiene. Today we're talking a little bit about digital hygiene. Oh, yeah. This is something that I'm not sure if I've invented this. I'm sure I haven't. This is something that I've started doing that I want to just put out there to anybody that feels like they're addicted to their device, Mm -hmm. their phone. Guilty as charged. Typically, guilty as charged. Now, if you happen to be doom scrolling apps like TikTok or Instagram, just constantly scrolling the feed, you can't stop. Mm -hmm. I actually stumbled across this trick by experimenting i'll just explain what happened Mm -hmm. i have two phones all right i bought a 2020 uh android quite cheap um in 2020 and i was not happy with it and then my mother had an old iphone in a drawer that she wasn't using right and i started using that it was a much more pleasant user experience yeah so i have i switched to the iphone so now i had this crappy 2020 android device lying around but the Android device actually has a much bigger screen than the iPhone. Mm. And so because I was using Instagram and stuff, Twitter too much on my actual phone when I'd be on the train mm-hmm. or in bed or what, or out and about in the world, I decided what I was going to do was take all of what I call the junk food apps off my day-to-day iPhone that I carry with me, and but have them on my Android, which I call my trash phone. <laughs> so I have a... I have a I have a device mm-hmm. that ha- I intentionally call my trash phone, mm. and on my trash phone, I have TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, mm. YouTube. Those are apps that I have deleted from my day-to-day phone. My day-to-day phone that I carry with me out into the world has things I need, like messaging apps, yeah. maps, LinkedIn, banking, li- <laughs> LinkedIn, all, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and all the trash apps are on my trash phone. So it means, mm. A, it means that I don't have access to those trash apps when I'm out. So even if mm. I'm tempted to pick up my phone and scroll Instagram when I'm on the train, I can't. I have to read a book or just stare at my shoes. And the other thing it does is it separates your functional, helpful phone apps yeah. like messaging and banking from... You in, now you intentionally are going when you're using apps like TikTok or Instagram. You have to intentionally pick up your trash phone, and you know I'm going into a trash space now. As opposed to what a lot of people do, they pick up their phone thinking I'll do something useful, like I'll shift some money between my savings account yeah. and my checking account. And four but hours hang on, later, on, oh, but and four hours later, I'm masturbating in the dark <laughs> and. And I I'm can't not, stop. I've and it's given my credit card night. details to a VTuber. 
and I yeah, can't I've given stop. all my money to a VTuber, and I got all these pornography tabs open <laughs> on my phone, and all I wanted to do was banking, and now I'm wanking. So how, I wanted yeah. to bank, but it's turned to From wank. Bank to wank. The, cl- the jo- that's your biography. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. What can you think of this? What so can you think? I think it's so a very good idea, and I'm not even, I'm not even putting this on for the sake of lubricating the conversation. But I was talking to a friend of mine. Shout out to Lexi, although oh, I don't think she listens to the show, which annoys me. But anyway, um, she's a dear friend of mine, and we were talking about this issue and about the fact that we're both kind of probably diagnosable with having some sort of attention deficit issue, and it's been massively exacerbated by technology and so many people I think are in that situation where maybe they had a bit of a distractible nature or a bit of an attention deficit before any of this existed and now they're just kind of, you know, you can't read half a page of a book without sort of feeling like you've got to touch your phone. So, and the only real way to deal with that, I said, was to remove those things from your environment, you know, which might mean going out with, going out without your phone or whatever, but then obviously then you run into practical problems. And we were both kind of marveling at the fact that we had traveled extensively in our early to mid twenties at a time when I don't think I had a smartphone and I don't think I had uh, even like, you know, if if I took my phone overseas, it wouldn't necessarily work. So I was basically relying on a lot of kind of analog mechanisms to get around and a lot of just, you know, you'd hear about someplace through word of mouth and then, yeah, you'd read a map to get there or whatever. And it's, it feels like, a, you know, it feels like I'm recalling an Arctic, an Arctic exploration now. It's like that level of kind of unplanned, intrepid adventuring that I did, whereas now everything is, all the apps are on my phone. So I wanted to have some way of, kind of keeping those things that I needed, but not offloading all of this stuff that I felt was here diminishing my quality of life. You and here we go. a trash phone. Yeah. And they, Android phones, you can get cheap. And the thing is with it, the thing here, I, I got some trash phone tips. The thing with Androids is you can get Androids with massive screens mm. for like 200 bucks. Mm. The, the, I know they're not a sponsor of the show. Mm. You want to be a sponsor of the show? Get on board. Motorola, the Moto G series mm-hmm. is a great. I'm sure I'm sure they don't like their products being referred to as trash. But <laughs> hey, look, if it sells phones. People are take, buying them, they wouldn't mind. Listen, listen, guys. Motorola Moto Gs, they are cheap phones that you can use for all your junk food apps. Yeah. Your TikTok, your t- your tickers, your Instagram, <laughs> your Twitter, your YouTube, all your pornography. <laughs> Just keep your pornography on your trash phone. Hide it away from your partner. You don't need. You don't need to be looking at pornography on the on the train. No. Um, and please don't. And, and it means that when you you have to be more intentional with your trash apps because when I pick up my trash phone, yeah. I know I'm going to Trash Town. I know I'm taking an <laughs> express train. Yeah. First class to Trash Town. You've opened the dessert bar and you're just kind of exactly shoveling garbage in. Shoveling I want to say, I know empty calories, empty informational calories. I know that I'm going to be eating a. I'm going to be eating at a cheap Chinese restaurant with a CCP when I open my trash phone tickers <laughs> app. So straight into TikTok. I know that's exactly what's going to be happening to me. We almost getting 
we almost went an episode without mentioning the CCP. Um, <laughs> and and so does that mean that does your trash phone have a separate number from your usual phone? I guess it must. No SIM card. No SIM card. Ah. There's not like the phones. If a phone's going to be attached to the internet, yeah, it doesn't. I can't. I can't use WhatsApp. You can't use any of your like banking or anything. But but for all for Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, you need a username and a password. It's essentially just a little hand computer. Mm-hmm. You don't need a SIM card. So there's no SIM in it. Mm. And it's full of trash. <laughs> John, I cannot stress this enough. It's full. Of, it's so it's much a little trash in sin, there. It's a little sin bin in your hand. It's my little. It's my little sin bin. It has a little corner of the house that it sits in. Yeah, and it's just brain poison. But I can put it down. <laughs> so does that whenever I want? Do you feel this contains the number of hours that you spend? I suppose it must. Just kind of. It does, and it, and it also it means that you do it in an intentional way, rather than just like Correct. I'm on the train. Oh, fuck, I've been Correct. scrolling for half an hour in a fugue state. I'll tell you the main thing it does. The main thing it does to keep you out of the fugue state is it keeps you from doing that when you're out of your home. Yeah. Which for me, is very important. I don't like being around people and being tempted to look at Instagram. Yeah. Um. So it means that when I'm out, I can't check. I just can't. I don't check any of that stuff. I, if I have two seconds of time where i have to wait in line for something or Mm. i'm waiting for a friend i just sit there and you know what i do i talk to the birds (laughs) if i get bored i don't open tiktok yeah i don't open tiktok and stare at the screen i'll pick a beautiful um i'll pick like a robin or a blue tit and i'll just i'll say hey there little fella what's your name (laughs) that's lovely and and then I'll and then I'll and then I'll put my hand to my ear and I'll say, "What's that?" Oh, well, it is a beautiful day, Mister Robin. Oh, and what a beautiful morning! Just having like a, just living in a sort of Victorian ideal, while everyone else, yeah, has this sort of sinister glow of the phones on their dead faces. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And as I'm covered in robins and blue tits, I say. Take that, Xi Jinping. This is what I'm going to do instead of... Instead of friend, friend of the show, Xi Jinping. I'm covered in, I'm covered in birds. How you like that? Yeah, exactly. How's my social credit score now? Try and, try and, try and control my thoughts and make me a supplicant vassal when I'm covered in blue tits. <laughs> Let's see how you. It's not going to work because I'm too. There's too much sunshine yeah. and birds on my face. <laughs> so get it. That's my. That's my Dutchie hot tip. That's great. And I'm going to play that. I'm going to play the. I'll play the little play thing again. Me, but no, honestly, me saying what would I do without? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. What can I do? I need help. Does anyone have any tips? Please, I need advice. Ah, what am I going to do? hot. <laughs> Oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? Uh, so that's Dutchie's hot, hot tip. Mm. Um, get a trash phone. I reckon two hundred bucks for a. It's about two hundred bucks for a, whatever the latest Moto G series is. Go crazy, fill it with trash, everybody. <laughs> good tip. That's a genuinely a good tip.
I'm going to need all of the study enhancing and concentration enhancing tips that I can get. Uh, not just because I'm going back to teaching this semester, but during the have you mentioned sorry John have you mentioned what class you're teaching just for the listeners? Oh sure, I'm teaching a class called Philosophical Foundations of Law uh, here in Melbourne, and uh, give it a little plug. Give it a little. Give it a little plug. Yeah, to get some more enrolments, and it's a chance to if you're a J, <laughs> if many of our listeners are. <laughs> If you're a JD student at the University of Melbourne and you're thinking... Wait, hang on, what's, J- what's JD? Oh, JD, sorry, using, using all of this <laughs> jargon. A JD is a Juris Doctor student. So they're law students, but uh, they're studying law, but law at Melbourne is offered as a graduate degree called a Juris Doctor. And uh, Right, this is at Melbourne University. Melbourne U- University of Melbourne. And, uh, okay. And if you're there and you're thinking, man, contract law is so boring, I want to tear my face off. <laughs> I'm with you, and uh, that's why we've we've set up we've set up a course which is um, which is called Philosophical Foundations of Law, and the idea of it is to encourage students to think philosophically about issues that arise in different areas of law. So, for example, you know, uh, well, I'll give you a little sneak preview of next week. I'm I'm giving the yeah, students right. a little primer. And some of, okay. some of our listeners might get a kick out of it, actually. But it's basically, it's all about moral luck, which you may be familiar with. So, ah, if, I'm very familiar with moral luck. Yeah. So, and it has interesting legal implications. So, you and I get soused at the pub, and then we both decide to drive home drunk, and then one of us is uh, is picked up by a random breath test, and. So we get, I don't know, you get, you lose your license. Basically, that's what's going to happen to you because you're over the limit. The other person, uh, unfortunately, runs into somebody and injures them. And then that, you know, let's say it's it's quite a, a serious accident. Then they go to prison potentially for, you know, dangerous driving, occasioning harm or something like that. And, uh, and the question is, well, aren't those two people equally morally responsible in circumstances where, let's say, that pedestrian jumped out in front of the car in circumstances where if I had, if they'd been on my route, I would have hit them. Uh, and the only thing that played in my favour was the chance event that there were no pedestrians on my route. So to what extent should I be, should I stand to benefit from events that are outside of my control? And so what, to what extent should you stand to incur a greater punishment through events that are, again, outside of your control, aren't we equally morally responsible for making the moral decision to drive home pissed? And shouldn't we there be, therefore be punished equally? And mm. it's a teaser. It's a real teaser. Uh, it's, a t- it's a tough one. Somebody, I mean, the example, so Sam Harris talks about moral luck oh, yeah. a lot. Right. And Coleman, Coleman Hugh. Coleman Hughes on the recent Joe Rogan episode talks about moral luck. Okay. And the example those guys always give is texting while driving. Mm. So it's something everybody, everybody's done. Mm-hmm. Thousands, millions of people around the world are texting while driving, mm. except in 99.99999% of cases, nothing happens as a result of that. Yeah. But in a very small percentage of those cases, somebody kills somebody. Yeah. And that person is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And yet they've committed the exact same offense exactly. that all of us have been guilty of. Yeah. 
and and it's not as though we that person is gonna. We feel like that person who killed somebody is somehow much more culpable mm. uh, than than any of us. For you suddenly feel like no, that person killed someone, mm. and you're like, yeah, but they did the same thing that you did. Exactly. Or let's say we we that we all did. Let's say you and I both stabbed two people, and then one of them had a vital organ on a different side of their body, just as a kind of genetic quirk, and so that person was not killed. But, you know, we both yeah. intended to kill those people and it was only through something that we didn't know about that that w- those two events had different outcomes. Why is it that <clears throat> we regard them not just legally but I think also morally as as different? So this is the kind of thing that this is the kind of thing that people can expect if they want to enroll yeah. in Come. crazy jo- crazy Johnny's big old <laughs> what's the class called? Yeah, it's called uh, Crazy Johnny's big old philosophy <laughs> soup, and it's uh, <laughs> it's called <laughs> it's called Crazy Johnny's philosophical stew, and I uh, and come on down and have a little ladle. Is there uh you can sign up? Or is there an Instagram account? Is there an email address you can sign up for the class? Teach? Yeah, what you got to do? I'll I'll put my details in the show notes. You've got to send. Eighty nine ninety five to uh, <laughs> to an account, and then you'll get some paperwork. <laughs> you'll get some paperwork in the mail, and we'll take it from there. I like that people are just people are just going to show up to your class. Yeah, and enrolled in university. <laughs> I love the idea that I like the idea that you could just use the podcast to just like pocket a little bit of extra cash. Just go look. Don't just keep it on the down low. You don't actually have to be a student. If you turn up to the lectures, yeah. You just pay me twenty five dollars a lecture. You can you can sit in this <laughs> pocket and have to pay. You have to pay me in cash. You don't get a you don't get a law degree at the end of it. But who wants one of those yeah. anyway? Um, yeah, and yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting we're talking about it because I had a strange event during the week. I've had a bit more time on my hands because of preparing for teaching rather than doing my usual thing of being a lawyer and. Uh, and so something's bothered me over the years and I thought I would try to make it right. When I finished my master's uh, in the UK, I went to, I was lucky enough to go to Oxford. I did a two-year master's there. And at the very end, we we wrote a thesis, we submitted the thesis, we got a mark for the thesis and they said, okay, before you go, before you graduate, you've got to put your thesis, submit it to the library. And the Bodleian Library is, of course, this, kind of famous library that's been around for hundreds of years and, you know, the like I'm sure there's like a Shakespeare first folio there and probably some original works by Newton and all this kind of stuff, Isaac Newton, all this sort of stuff. And uh, and I was pretty sick of the course by then and just kind of wanted to leave. So, and just, I was just like exhausted. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what happened, but, and I'm also just quite a disorganized person in my heart of hearts, and I've managed to to learn my way out of that as a an adult. But I was still pretty green around the gills. Is that the expression? No, I was still pretty green in those uh, in those days. And so I just was like, "Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is something that I definitely need to do. So I'm just going to leave and not do it." And I got, I was still able to graduate, still got my degree, and then in the years. That followed, I was always like, oh, it would have been nice as some kind of lasting legacy of my time there, which of course you look back on 
nostalgically as the years go by and you forget how difficult it was and all the things that you maybe didn't like so much about it. I thought it would have been nice to have a little piece of myself, you know, in some little room in the library that was there. That was like a permanent legacy and, you know, my great-grandchildren could go on Who Do You Think You Are and then they could dig up a copy of my thesis and it would still be sitting there gathering dust. And so this week I wrote to a professor at Oxford who was there when I was there who's still around, and uh, I said to him, look, I know this is a bit weird, um, but is there any way, I know I finished my master's, what, 12 years ago, (laughs) but is there any way I could still submit my thesis to them? To the library, and to the, uh, to the library. Yeah. Hang on. What was your What was your thesis question? Uh, it was about Wittgenstein, who was a twentieth century philosopher, well known in Oxford and Cambridge, in particular. Um, and it was about consciousness. It was basically, in broad terms, is it possible that there are conscious experiences that are ineffable that can't be expressed in language, and um, okay. And what does that mean for the nature of conscious experience? What it is? Can we ever scientifically define it, etc.? And, and you want this in the library? And I wanted it in the library, you know, for posterity, for my legacy. Because when you're 25, 27, well, I think I was when I finished, you sort of think, I'll have plenty of legacies and I'm going to go on to greatness. Well, that hasn't happened. So I'm I'm relying on that now. I've got, I've got basically I've got this podcast thesis. and the thesis. And uh, and your professor was still employed at the university. Yeah, he's basically semi-retired now. But he said, right? He said um, he wrote back to me a couple of days later and said, "Yeah, I do remember you. Uh, thanks for writing back. I'm glad you know you're enjoying life and I'm, things are going fine here. And I've spoken to the librarian." And she was a bit bemused because it's technically impossible to graduate without submitting your thesis ah. to the library. So um, I'm just going to put you on. She gave me your email address. I'm just going to put you on to her and, uh, and, <laughs> and you can follow things from there. And I suddenly felt this like uh, this kind of wave of unease because I thought, I mean, because the, the masters up until then was probably the hardest thing I'd done. And I was like, it was grueling. It's kind of known as this particularly grueling masters. And you know, I'm somebody who like a lot of people has this recurring dreams of like, you know, you're in your thirties and then you find out that actually you never graduated from high school and you've got to go back and sit your exam and your exam is starting in 20 minutes or whatever. And, and I suddenly felt like, wow, it's one of those dreams that's somehow become reality and I've got to, the, the librarian's going to say your degree's invalid and you've got to come back and repeat your two-year master's. The librarian said, we've no record of there being a John Maloney that's ever attended this <laughs> yeah, university. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not sure what piece of paper you have that claims <laughs> that you have a degree from yeah. here, but I can assure you it's... that whoever has sold that to you... <laughs> That you've overpaid for for a terrible fraudulent document that <laughs> yeah, will not be recognised sorry. by this university or any institution that's worth its salt. <laughs> and uh, also, I've the police are on their way to your house as we speak. <laughs> and I so I so I went down, 
So I went down to the some storage boxes that I've got in the garage and and tried to find my degree. And uh, oh man! And I and I found some kind of confirmation of somewhere. Yeah, I found some kind of confirmation that I'd completed I'm the sure course. Sure, I went to university. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking, wait, did I definitely do that? And and then I thought my parents are were at my graduation, so I went. So I called my parents, and then just some old lady answered, and she was like, <laughs> "She was like, hello, who's John?" I've never heard of you. John. Don't call me again. I'm sorry, son. You've got the wrong number. H- hang on. She said, John was my son's name, but he's been dead for many years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Please don't call him. Don't call here again. <laughs> and and I still haven't found my degree. I think it's there's a number of places it could be. Uh, but I'm pretty fucked up. sure that I've. Billy Madison, my Oxford experience. I'm going to have to go back and start Oops. again, give it another go. So, so good news for my UK friends. I'll be back there in the uh, October term this year. any of these voice recognition personal assistant services slash platforms i'm talking siri i'm talking alexa i'm talking google assistant do you use any of these i use siri you do use siri yeah okay because i just uh i occasionally use i i just it's funny she's got a pretty easy life with me siri because i only ever ask her to do one thing and that is set my alarm for a certain time yeah very good at yeah i say Set my alarm, Siri, for 7 a.m., mm. and she does it. And uh, she's good at that one task that I've given her. But I noticed something the other day. I was with a bunch of friends, yeah. and they were both Alexa users. Mm. And for anybody who doesn't know, Alexa is Amazon's voice-activated assistant. Amazon sells these devices that you put in your home, and you can connect them to various elements in your – I mean, you can connect them, I guess, actually, <clears> to Amazon. So you can just say, Alexa, order me – toilet paper and i don't know i'm assuming it does that i haven't looked Hmm. into how how that works but i'm assuming they're trying to make it as frictionless as possible to give bezos more money yeah but they can certainly do things like the first time i saw them was in 2017 uh on a little trip to new york a couple america had adopted them much quicker than berlin had and people were just using them at the time mostly to tell alexa to either turn lights on or play songs on Spotify. Yeah. But I noticed when I was with my friends the other day, they did something interesting. And that was that they started to refer to her as she. Mm. So they were saying to each other, you can tell <laughs> her this and she'll do that. And the other one was saying, oh, I didn't realize that she knew how to do that. I tell her to do this and she does that. Mm-hmm. And then, she, and then, and I just was like, wow, this is because I personally I've I've raised this story with another friend of mine who has an Alexa. Yeah. And he said that he also refers to it 
as a she. And I said, for me personally, yeah. without knowing it, I would refer to her still as an it. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be calling it she, mm-hmm. but, do but f- it's just an interesting thing do now you that feel people like are you've, calling it, Alexa she. Yeah. They're, giving her a personal pronoun. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a bit of a, I mean, it doesn't make any difference really, does it? If I'm talking, I mean, for, for one, I don't really, I don't have an Alexa. So I'm, again, I'm only really asking Siri to, to set my alarm, but uh, just an interesting shift that people are n- now referring to Alexa as a she, because it has obviously as a female voice. Yeah. So people were going, well, it's a she, so I'll call it she, whereas it feels like too personal to me and I would still call it. Yeah. And it. And that, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I still refer to some people in my life as is it and that, and I think it's a kind of emotionally protective mechanism that I use. Uh, whenever you've, I know in the past, whenever you've had a crush on a girl to kind of control yourself and and yeah. get too emotionally attached, exactly. you would say, "Oh, it's coming to meet us at the cinema," yeah. and <laughs> I don't. Like, are you talking about? Are you talking about Jessica? Yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't want to get too attached. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't know if it likes me. Can you ask it if it likes me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I used to wonder, it's, I used to wonder with, um, not Siri, but Google maps, you know, you can put on the directions and it'll start saying, at the at the next roundabout, take the second exit, and whatever. And then sometimes, yeah. <clears throat> sometimes I would become quite frustrated with it because you'd think you'd turned it off and you were having a conversation or listening to music, and it would say, "At the next exit, turn left." And then, and then I'd say, oh, "Shut the fuck up," or whatever. Oh, okay. And then I think, is it is this an unhealthy kind of? Am I a bad person? Like I know it's not a human being, but is there some sort of moral weight attached to the fact that I'm speaking unkindly to a device? And will it, if I keep doing that, will it eventually somehow bleed into my personality and make me a worse person? <laughs> like if I if I'm the kind of person, if you were like with someone. Like, let's say you got, you were, you know, on a road trip with a friend and then it said, at the next exit, at the next roundabout, take the third exit. And he just went, yeah. and he just went, shut the fuck up. And then you'd go. At the, de- at the device? At the device. And then you'd think, yeah. and then you think, I can't help but feel like he's being, he's an asshole in a way that I wouldn't think if he was just talking to an toaster like because he's, <laughs> he's responding to a human voice in a kind of callous way and and a woman's voice which maybe makes it even worse in a oh, sense oh yeah and uh and you couldn't fight this feeling that this was kind of not a good person even though alexa is not harmed by that because she does not exist as a human person I just feel, I would just feel like I'm screaming at Bezos, which is fine. Mm. I just, even though it's, see, I don't, they should have called her Jeff. Why didn't they call her Jeff? Yeah. Why do they, why is that that they make, uh, I think this was recently touched on in Adam Buxton's podcast where they were doing a review of the different 
supermarkets and the different voices that they had for the che- for the automatic checkouts, but they yeah. me- they mentioned that they're almost invariably women. Similarly, mm-hmm. the default setting for a lot of these devices is a, a woman's voice, and I think that's that's worth exploring. What's going on? And there? announcements, yeah. Is it like the London <clears throat> buses? The, I believe the. I mean, I think there might be a man, a male voice on some of the tube announcements. Yeah, certainly. I actually did a little bit of research on this. Uh, the woman who is the voice of the London buses is a woman called Emma Hignett. Wow, it's a real. Uh, it's... And she's the one that's going a light here for Carnaby Street. Mm. Sort of something. Re- they, the corporations they think that there's something more reassuring and comforting yeah. and perhaps even persuasive yeah. about a female voice yeah. than there is with a male voice and perhaps less aggressive or something Yeah, like maybe so. Interesting. Less dangerous. Mm. I mean, if a man said <clears throat> a light here for Carnaby Street, I might think he was going to engage me in a physical altercation, yeah. which could be of a threat to me. A light ear for Carnaby Street, and I'd go, "Oh, I don't like the sound of that." <laughs> I said, "I said, get off the fucking bus, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. get off the fucking bus. It's don't you want? I thought I thought you said you was meeting friends at Carnaby Street. <laughs> well, get off the bus. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I what should. What are you going to do? <laughs> and then it goes. Oh, I guess guess I'll end your phone, mate. I've run out of money. I need to call me on. <laughs> um, mate, I'm just give mate. Just give us guess your phone. I just need it for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get off the fucking bus and give me fucking money. <laughs> but the reason they, of course, the reason they call her Alexa is because they go through these meetings where they have, if anybody wants to read more about this, it's in uh, Brad Stone's 2021 book, Amazon Unbound, mm. Jeff Bezos and the Invention of a Global Empire. And he speaks about uh, Alexa's soothing lilt and the name and just how much time they spent market researching the name. Oh, really? Um, yeah, there was a lot of names thrown around, and one of them was not Jeff. <laughs> and apparently, this is quite interesting too, it's an industry secret, the woman who voices Alexa, but he did a bit of digging, and he thinks he's found her, um, and apparently the voice responding when you call Alexa is an actress called Nina Rolle, huh. and uh, Amazon will neither confirm nor deny that oh. she is the voice of Alexa. Which presumably is as good as an affirmation that she is. I mean, why would they not deny yeah. it? Yeah, interesting. Alexa, Jeff, please, Jeff, please send me more A4 paper. My printer's out of paper, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, i got to say, you wouldn't want to use Jeff Bezos because he's one of the most charismaless human beings <laughs> that you could, you could encounter. So, yeah, people are, people are saying she... Are you saying she? Hey, everybody out there, write us in. Are you saying? Are you giving personal pronouns? Yeah. To your electronic devices, are you calling them? Sh- are you calling it a she? Are you calling Alexa she? Are you calling Siri she? Do you? Are you? Do you ascribe pronouns to your other devices, even voiceless ones? Uh, I mean, we use we use the term she traditionally to talk about ships, for example. That's what I was going to say, mm. I'm ha- and I want to leave it at that. I want to say th- a she is she is for a ship, mm. and Alexa is an it and a that. Yeah, you get it's a slippery slope if you start referring to these things as people. Everybody, yeah, keep it's an eye. True. Just hey, everybody, hey, everybody. I'm 
just saying keep an eye on it. All right. <laughs> this is another one of our this is another one of our segments. Just keep an eye on it. <laughs> just for things that, like you know. I'm not saying this is a bugbear of mine yet, but it's it's in danger of becoming this one. Is, this is this week's Dutchies. Just keep an eye on it. Yeah. I've got one more thing that's just quick as well. And this sure. is a little bit, is real quick, just for anybody out there that uses TikTok, I've got a challenge for you. Yeah. Right? Anybody that's making content for, for TikTok, I've got a simple challenge. <clears throat> and the simple challenge is this. Don't ever make a lip sync video ever again. That's the rule. <laughs> the challenge is that you have to make content yeah. that isn't lip syncing to any. I don't like dancing. Fine, okay, whatever. I mean, maybe in later weeks, I'll say maybe try and do a video that's not dancing. Mm. I don't get served dancing videos, so they haven't irritated me that much. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is this. Yeah, again, it's real simple. You want to make a TikTok video? Hey, that's great. I love hearing you say that. I love TikTok. <laughs> I w- <laughs> I love hearing you say that you want to put content out there for the world. And here's the challenge. No lip syncing. You have to make an original thing that either you're talking or not talking. You just don't get to lip sync to a pre-existing sound or meme that's on TikTok. And let's see what you come up with. Let's just see what you come up with. And that's, that's Dutchies. Dutchies. TikTok tips. The, the vast majority of lip syncs I've seen are influencers who seem to just be about their physical appearance so they don't have anything to say and therefore it's just a kind of a basis for them to rather than just like blankly staring into the camera for a few seconds while you go wow that person's really toned they they just do a bit of lip syncing because it's like well at least i don't have to come up with an idea i can just (laughs) i can just either and and i find the I find lip syncing uh, lyrics less annoying than lip syncing some random piece of dialogue from a movie. Yeah, maybe for, uh, maybe I should bizarre. just explain, and I probably should have I probably should have front loaded the story with this for anybody. I just kind of I just go into the show now assuming that our entire audience is familiar with TikTok culture. <laughs> lip syncing on lip syncing on TikTok is basically any sound in the world now people will upload as a sound so it might be a it's often a line from a movie yeah or it's it might be a, it might be a, a, a the audio of a meme video that's been spreading around the internet um and people will then uh play play this the the bit of speech from a movie or the the bit of the bit of dialogue from a meme and they'll just lip sync it and i know that some of you out there are going who don't have tiktok are going, that doesn't sound good at all. And you're right, it's not. <laughs> it's garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. And I would say this as well. This is also something that I would say. It's time to shift out of get out of your comfort zone, stop lip syncing somebody else's words, and say your own words. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, hey, you're you're you. Don't be someone else. Be you. <laughs> say what you're going to say. Yeah, that's inspiring. That's Dutchies TikTok tips. Tick- TikTok tips. Be, be yourself. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This has been episode number 48, and it's been real, real.
Great. I'm John Maloney and I've appeared as always with my beloved pod brother, Alexander Holland. We'll see you next week at the podcast.